0: five mistakes people make when writing on the internet. Before I begin this article, I want to say that this article has a lot in it that is visual. And I don't mean visual in terms of graphs and charts. I mean, visual in terms of uh, the way I'm, I'm demonstrating a lot of what I'm talking about as I'm writing this article. So, I very much recommend you read this article or follow along uh, with it as you listen to the audio. But that being said, maybe I'll just make this audio and try to add a few things in the audio that aren't in the article. So uh, you should know that and definitely check out the article. It's at buddhism.com slash writing dash internet. Okay, here we go. Without the internet, I would have never become a writer. That's because growing up, I thought I was terrible at writing. I got C's for grades, and I found reading books and writing essays painstaking and tedious. Then along came the internet. Blogging, social media, and away messages for AOL Instant Messenger became my canvas, so I started writing all the time. I actually remember one time in college when I spent an hour writing an elaborate poem for my AOL Instant Messenger away message. I was up late studying, and I had made my own version of Shakespeare's To Be or Not To Be speech from Hamlet. It went, to sleep or not to sleep? That is the question. Then I wrote something about whether it was nobler to go to class unprepared and get a good night's sleep or to stay up late and risk being tired. It was kind of brilliant, and I ended up even submitting it as a piece for a creative writing class. Anyway... The point here is that the internet has been a total blessing for me as a writer, but it has one major drawback versus traditional publishing. There's no one to edit your work. There's no one to tell you that your childish rant about toilet paper isn't interesting, or that you spend too much time talking about your ex-girlfriend. And yet, that's also a blessing. Some of my favorite writing on the internet would never make it to a major publication like the New York Times because it's wild, unhinged, And doesn't follow any of the rules of traditional article writing. For example, lately I've been enjoying a blog called Katie, Katie, Kate. Her writing style could be best described as emotional ranting after a few too many glasses of wine, but I love it. And I love it precisely because it breaks all the rules. So here I am about to assume the role of your internet writing teacher, which is totally presumptuous of me. However, if you'd indulge me for a few minutes, I'd like to share some things I believe could make you a better writer. Number one, don't overuse bold italics or caps. A writer who uses a lot of bold italics or caps is essentially shouting at the reader. What that tells me is that the content of what they are saying isn't engaging enough, so they need to shout to get people's attention. This is the same advice that you've probably heard with exclamation points. If you overuse them, they lose their meaning. Writers who are constantly highlighting their writing actually end up highlighting none of it. But Dave, how do we get people to notice the important stuff in what we write? Great question, fake reader. The answer is you must embrace subtlety. As a side effect, this also forces you to become a better writer you might start to realize that a lot of what you're writing isn't actually worth publishing. Great writing doesn't need to be highlighted because it's naturally engaging. Also, when you don't shout at your reader, something else happens in the reader's mind. They tune into what you're writing. They get the message that it's their job to find the gems in your work, not yours. So they chew on what you're saying more so than if you were highlighting every other sentence. The opposite happens when we shout at the reader. They turn off that part of their brain and just start skimming your content for the stuff that you highlight, which ends up ruining the whole reading experience. Number two, use spacing, but don't overdo it. One of the things writing on the internet has introduced is a different relationship to paragraphs. Notice that in books we indent, but in internet land, we just skip a line. What that allows us to do is make certain lines stand out. See what I did there? Side note for the listeners only, that line was standing out because I made spaces on either end of it. Back to the article. That line stands out because it's all by itself versus the paragraphs on either end of it, which are more than one line. Now, this is where we can get carried away and we make the same mistake as before. We make every sentence stand out, which leaves actually nothing standing out. To show you the difference, I rewrote the first part of this post and overused the spacing. It's too big to put in this article. So you'll have to click on a link that I made in the article to see the difference. And it's pretty cool because what I did was I actually, um, I made a whole new page and I did uh, the article, spaced how a lot of people space it, and then I spaced it the way I space it. So you can feel the difference. All right, number three, feel the rhythm. Fats Waller said this when asked by a reporter, what is rhythm? If you gotta ask, you ain't got it. So maybe this advice is hopeless, but let's pretend like you have a sense of rhythm. Writing, much like speaking, keeps the audience engaged through rhythm. Why do robotic voices sound so boring? The voice isn't varied. It's the same thing over and over and over. And here I'm going to depart from the article a little bit because this is something I can do in the audio, which is talk about speaking. And I've actually done some coaching for people who are reading their own audiobooks because I really believe, uh, in in using rhythm and varying the slow and fast nature of your speaking to keep things engaging, and it really is the same thing I'm doing with writing, but I'm going to give you an example here with rhythm and speaking. I'm just going to read that paragraph over again a few times, and give you a sense of. I'm going to try to make the first one really boring and robotic, and the second one I'm going to make it a little more dynamic. So here it is. So maybe this advice is hopeless, but let's pretend like you have a sense of rhythm. Writing, much like speaking, keeps the audience engaged through rhythm. Why do robotic voices sound boring? The voice isn't varied. It's the same thing over and over and over. So that's me reading that paragraph without any dynamics or rhythm. Here it is again with rhythm, and I'm going to exaggerate the rhythm just for the sake of this. So maybe this advice is hopeless, but let's pretend like you have a sense of rhythm. Writing much like speaking, keeps the audience engaged through rhythm. Why do robotic voices sound boring? The voice isn't varied. It's the same thing over and over and over. So did you hear the difference there? I think that's a really important point, honestly, with speaking, because I write like I speak. And and it. I think in a lot of ways, being a, a good writer has made me a better speaker, too. And so a lot of times people think oh the best way to do reading is to slow down but it's not uh, the truth is sometimes you're talking fast and sometimes you're talking slow and and varying that is what keeps people engaged so i'm going to continue with the article here in fact actually i'm going to i'm going to skip this part about rhythm if you want to read the rest of it it's really you kind of need to read the article because it's uh, the way I'm spacing everything is really important. And I feel like I've already added a bunch about rhythm with uh, this extra in the audio. So number four, don't forget the em dash. There are a few ways to use the em dash, which, by the way, is, a, is the longer dash. But I'll let you read about them in a link I presented to, um, to a grammar website. But my favorite way to use it is when I want an ellipsis, which is the three dots. Because often that's how we speak. The M dash is also a great way to add rhythm within a sentence. It's also one of my favorite things to use on the last line of an article because it adds that little extra bit of emphasis when you need it the most. And I put an M dash there before when you need it the most, which you would have seen if you're reading the article. Okay, number five don't get caught up in rules. This is the internet, after all, the place where weirdness gets rewarded and breaking the rules makes you stand out. Take what I'm saying as a suggestion, but experiment, get creative. Maybe you write like this and space out everything on different lines. Or maybe you get crazy and write like that. Again, you're really gonna have to see the article for this. I'm not doing it justice with the audio. Maybe you use italics to highlight. Maybe you use it for dialogue. Maybe you use bold for no good reason or use it for cryptic messaging, which you would see The point here is not to follow the rules I'm suggesting, but also to follow them. Make sense? Great. Now get out there and make some great art. This has been 5 Mistakes People Make When Writing on the Internet. Written and read by Dave Buddha. This is from buddhism.com. Again, if you have not seen this article in person with your own eyes, I think you're missing out. Although you did get a little extra bonus thing with the speaking today. So that's kind of fun with the audio. But double dip. You go for double dipping and you get—you watch—you do the article and the audio. You will not be disappointed. I promise. The article is at buddhism.com slash writing dash internet. And thanks for listening. I'll see you next week.